Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become our chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Things temporary and things forever. The collet that I prayed a minute ago asked the Lord to give us the grace that we might be able to pass through things that are temporary that we might not lose the things that are forever or the things that are eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 17 and 18 and the NIV reads for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases that in his translation, the message. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see, now, the things that we cannot see now, they will last forever. So, as we look back through the readings today, uh, the primary topic I would say of all the readings is prayer. It uh, starts out with Abraham negotiating with the Lord. It's the Lord and two other men show up outside his camp <clears throat> on their way to Sodom. Then uh, the Psalm and the New Testament reading and the Gospel of Jesus teaching his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer and teaching them to pray persistently for those things uh, of, the, of what we need. And so as we consider how we can apply these things to our life I wanted to pause for a minute and just as we think about things that are temporary and things that are eternal and to, to, to consider how do we know uh, especially when it comes to understanding scripture uh, the truths and principles by which we live by the the um, the way that we choose to worship, the way that we pray, the way that we seek to know God. And Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember your leaders. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. I think it's safe 
to interpret this when it says your leaders as those that have led before us since it says consider the outcome of their way of life we don't know the outcome of our way of life till we get to the end of it do we it's still a work in progress so if uh, the author of Hebrews is telling us to consider the outcome of their way of life then I think priests think it's safe to say he's talking about those who have already gone on to be with the Lord for us today here in this culture in which we live in this country I think uh, especially here in the southeast and particularly even here in this parish most of us have to one degree or another been influenced uh, by the revivalist tradition and when I say the revivalist tradition I'm talking about <clears throat> the movements that started uh, basically around the 1700s uh, maybe a little before that it if you think of all reforms as being part of the revivalist tradition, but more particularly uh, um, the, the 1700s with Jonathan Edwards and others, uh, the first great awakening. And on through the 18th century, it was a, it was a tradition, a way of interpreting scripture, a way of preaching the gospel, um, that stressed the individual piety, uh, the need for holiness, the need to repent from your sins, and so on. So we will forever be indebted to a whole host of preachers and authors out of that tradition who contributed to the theological perspective that we have in a very significant way. Of course, all of all who consider themselves Protestant or influenced by the Protestant movement recognize Martin Luther for his pivotal role in formulating the doctrine of salvation by grace alone. There were even others prior to Luther who paved a way for him to come to the conclusions he came to. <clears throat> the conclusions he came to as he nailed his thesis on the door of the cathedral in Wittenberg and also the additional reforms that he continued to develop and call for. At, at or about the same time as Luther there were other players who contributed to the theology of the Reformation. Uh, John Calvin being a major one, Eurek Zwigli, William Tyndale, and Thomas Cramner were more or less contemporaries of Luther during a very um, formative period of our, the church and very greatly influenced what we think and the way we look at scripture the way we think church should be on the uh, Roman Catholic side of the traditions of the church you have around the same time Ignatius of Loyola who formed the Jesuit movement which was a response to the need for the reform in the Roman church and then coming on a little later, as I mentioned, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, John and Charles Wesley, and Charles Finney are men who helped shape the preaching and theology prevalent in our nations during the 1700s. And if you don't 
recognize any of those names, you should do a little bit of research and try to find uh, a brief description of their life and their ministry, the books they wrote, and how they influenced and shaped our thinking. Later appeared such men as Billy Sunday, Dwight Moody. In our day, Billy Graham was a significant contributor to the methods of churches and crusades in the, in the last half of the 20th century. I could name many more, uh, especially if we were to try to take a closer look at all the many different camps and uh, sects of denominations and, and theology. But my purpose is not to critique or debate the positions and contributions of each man, as I just mentioned, this thumbnail sketch of his church history, but to point out the complex and uh, many layered ideas that create the particular expression of the church in theology that we have experienced and have been taught. So we're challenged to distinguish between those things that are temporary and those things that are eternal. I believe it's helpful to try to determine, as you think about an idea, when, where, and who introduced the beliefs that we hold to so dearly. Someone once said it, and it's been often repeated, that it is wise to hold firmly to those things that are of primary importance and to hold loosely to those things that are of secondary importance, or third, or fourth, or fifth. It's, uh, it's helpful for me to identify how long ago a certain idea was embraced in a spouse and how widespread it became within the body of Christ as it was accepted. And it's especially important to look outside of our own tradition to see how if that particular idea was uh, influenced in any way the wider body of Christ, the other traditions of the church. I encourage you also to expand the time frame and the theological base of the authors that you read concerning theology and church. Maybe include some authors from the Eastern Orthodox tradition, some Roman Catholic authors, both recent and from earlier times. Since we have just, we all have a limited amount of time, it goes without saying that some preliminary study will be required to choose wisely which authors deserve your attention. Which is even more reason to start each day with the words of Psalm 43.3. And now, try to do this every day, most days, at some point. As I'm reading a blog or listening to a podcast, I pray, Lord, send out your light and your truth. Lord, send out your light and your truth, that they may lead me and bring me to your holy hill and your dwelling. In your dwelling. See, the wonderful thing is, although there have been many who have approached the search for knowledge out of fear and discouraged people from 
reading authors outside their own particular account. I uh, I don't at all and uh, encourage that approach. I think that there's genuine uh, desire for truth is a God-given as part of our how God made us in His image to want to to learn, to want to experience truth and uh, he even says that Christ is the truth so we know the ultimate truth is, is Christ and anything that is true is going to draw us closer to Him so whether a particular truth is uh, the original source of it is in scripture or even if it comes from some field of science that has um, through research and experiments arrived at some particular truth I think we can feel safe that anything that is determined to be truth will draw us closer to God and help us to see the wonder of his creation and the beauty of who he is and who he's made us to be. If, uh, if you find a particular author that you enjoy reading, you might want to ask, who influenced these men? Who, who did they read? If you enjoy C.S. Lewis or J.R. Tolkien, you might want to read some George MacDonald because he was a great influence upon both of those men. So there is an emphasis in the readings today of God's mercy. Praise God for that, huh? In the Old Testament reading, Abraham bargains with the Lord to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. In the psalm today we read, The Lord will make good his purpose for me. Psalm 138 verse 9. The Lord will make good his purpose for me. There's a lot of peace in that statement. There's a lot of... Uh, permission to cease striving the Lord will make good his purpose for me O Lord your love endures forever and the reading from the book to, of Colossians emphasizes the finality of Christ's victory through his willingly laying down his life on our behalf and then the gospel reading includes the Lord's prayer and the encouragement the Lord, that Jesus taught his disciples to, to never give up to keep being persistent, to press in and calling upon the Lord, to continue to petition the Lord for those good things that we desire. The Lord's Prayer is only in, in the most common English translation, 55 words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There may be some point that's often missed in the brevity of the Lord's Prayer. And although I understand there are seasons in our lives and different prayers in diff for different purposes 
but uh, we don't. It's not necessary that we always have a prolonged and extended period of prayer time for it to be a valid prayer. Sometimes a short prayer is all that's needed in that moment. Sometimes just a single word, help, is sufficient. So as we consider the mercy of God, He's a merciful God. We have a great reason to give thanks and to rest, to have assurance, have assurance of our position before Him, of His great love for us, that He cherishes us, that He desires to, that we would um, commune with Him often, that we would pray often, that we would talk to the Lord all throughout our throughout our day and also it's at regular intervals of more structured prayer which can be a difficult habit to form at least it has been for me there was a number of years when I strived to come here to this parish building and have a morning prayer time and uh, in recent years I've let that lapse, um, but during the, during the years that I was, and I never, I was never 100%, you know, I never went months in a, in a row without uh, missing days, uh, but the days that I were, that I, that I was able to come by, and even if it was just 15 minutes or 30 minutes to uh, pray through the morning prayer service and to spend some time in silence is uh, a powerful thing. And, uh, if there's any way possible, you can carve out a place and a time to observe either morning prayer or evening prayer or compline. They're all in the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, I highly encourage you to pray about it to see if that's not something that would the Lord would have you to do. When we grasp that God is infinite, that His wisdom has no ending, that that His understanding, you know, is is. It never falls short, and that we are finite. Uh, we, He is the Creator. We are a mere, mere creature. It will help us to start each day with the words, "Lord, teach us to pray." There's no place within authentic Christian faith for for an ounce of arrogance or superiority or self-righteousness, as we see in the parable of the publican in the center the publican said oh lord i thank you that i'm not like most men i'm sure that was a stench in the lord's nostrils nostrils so lord continue to uh, show us the need for humility in our prayers and in our life and especially how we treat other people
I love the image portrayed by the humble Samwise Gamgee in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. He depicts the kind of humility and loyalty that we are each one challenged to strive for. I found the following description of Sam on a website in an article discussing the gospel messages found in Lord of the Rings. It discusses how several of the characters in the story portray different aspects of the Christ type. And about Sam it says, Samwise Gamgee is Christ the servant. He is the friend that sticks closer to a brother. He makes himself a living sacrifice as he aids Frodo. He is the meek one who inherits the earth, or in this case, the Shire. The life of a believer has been compared to that of a large tapestry, the kind that is woven from many different colors and types of thread. If you've ever looked on the back of a tapestry, if you look at the back of even a masterpiece, uh, the beauty and story conveyed by the image on the front of it are not apparent. It's hard to tell from the, from the back side of a tapestry what is on the other side. The massive threads and colors and textures get lost because the point of reference is wrong. The same can be said when viewing the front of the tapestry if you focus on too small a section with too close a vantage point. You can't truly grasp the intended beauty, the originality, the inspiration the artist conceived of unless you view the entire tapestry from the proper vantage point. It's the same with the life of each and every believer. As we live and breathe, our story is still being woven. For the most part, we are much too close to the life, to our life, and the life of each person we know to grasp the beauty, originality, and inspiration the Creator conceived of when He ordained that life. I owe that insight to Robert Weber. As I was preparing this sermon, I paused and wrote this prayer. Lord, I need you today more than ever before. I need your power and your strength, for I am tired and powerless. I need your compassion and your love, for I am empty and worn out. I feel like I'm almost paralyzed, unable to move under my own power. I need your grace and your peace while waiting upon your light and your truth, for I am uncertain of how to proceed. Lord, my soul clings to you. Your right hand holds me fast. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. How often have good men 
who fought long and hard to live a good life come to the end of themselves and lacking the foundation or lacking the love and community of the brethren they turn to false idols to numb their pain to get them through their dark valleys and many times with disastrous consequences when I feel strong and sense God's power at work it is easy to see the failures of the men and women who have fallen with a superior attitude and write them off but it is when I am in a dark place and weak and tired and aching and filled with doubt that I can see that it is grace alone that is keeping me and preventing me from turning to the false promises of the things that glitter the things that offer a quick fix and instant solution to my pain and despair there are far too many leaders pastors, evangelists, missionaries whose lives we definitely don't want to follow their example but there are many more who live the best lives they know how are striving to honor Christ by the choices they have made so we want to be we want to use wisdom as we make decisions about the th those things that we hold to be of highest priority those things that we hold to be things that will last forever and uh, just pray for wisdom from above continue to pray those words of Psalm 43 3 Lord send out your light and your truth and then be able to trust in the Lord to lead and guide us through his Holy Spirit to discover those things that will truly last forever Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nassim Creed.